the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and well, powerful spells. She's actually sitting in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. to today's episode of That Witch Life Podcast. I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, Hillary and Courtney. Happy New Year! Happy New Year 2020! Yay! Whole new decade. Um, we are super excited because later on today we are going to have on Teresa Reed. Yes. Who was recently, lady. recently featured on an InStyle magazine. I know. Isn't that so cool? Like, that was exciting. I was like, Which is very oh, cool. Yes. Talk to her. Yes. For her predictions for 2020, the upcoming year. So we are really looking forward to, you know, picking her brain about what's been going on and what we might be able to expect. Um, but we, you know, all kind of had our own little New Year and holiday festivities. So, Courtney, how'd it go for you? I have not been on Facebook since December the 25th. Oh, man, how Christ- was that? It's the best thing that has happened to me in a long time. <laughs> it is so wonderful. I don't even... I Facebook, to me, is like the bad significant other that you didn't realize how bad they were until you don't talk to them for 10 days and you're like wow this is a terrible person for me and I honestly really hate Facebook um but I'm so addicted to it I made my husband change my password on Christmas night before he flew out to Ohio to visit his family so you so, couldn't log so in so I couldn't log in because when I'm writing every time I get stuck on my writing I click over to Facebook and then, and then get I get sucked, sucked in. in yeah and so I needed last week which I took with a bit with just abundance to work on my manuscript still not done but it's made some really great strides and um haven't been on Facebook. So tonight, when I get home, he is going to have to log me in so I can promote this episode, but I'm promptly going to have him log me back you out. You know, there's a friend that was telling me about an app you can put on your phone that, like, it will not let yes. you break into Facebook. So it's like you can set parameters, like, I'm going to check in. But once do they a week have or- it for computers? Like for desk laptops. I think so because, because I think my friend used it okay. on her on her work. That's, laptop. that's where I'm deadly because I don't have it on my phone. She works for herself. So. Yeah, because but I send I spend anyway. So I'm thankful I started my new year. I don't know what's going on on Facebook, which is great. <laughs> so magical. Well, that means you because I asked you about if you saw the people who commented on my Facebook post. And now now we about discovery why. Now of we witches. Know why. Is it boring without me? Like uh, honestly, are you no, guys bored? We're totally fine. It's actually pretty great. <laughs> Right? <laughs> totally fine. No more memes. I give you the best memes though. You do I mean, share really good. So... I feel I feel meme neglected to be fair. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean Kanani especially. I meme you like point. four or five times a day. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> But not recently. Not recently. But no, I, I posted a, uh, a new show that I'd found on AMC called Discovery of Witches that I just was, I manically watched all the episodes that oh. I'm in love with. And season two is going to be coming out later this year. So that's one of the fun things about Facebook is you can post that stuff and then other people can be like, oh, I love that show. I love the books. And <laughs> that's I, really I love funny. that stuff. But Hillary, what were you up to? I was in Denver with my dad and step family, so that was really nice. It snowed. I sent a, I sent a video of it snowing to my roommate who's from Pittsburgh, and she was like, Oregonians see snow. <laughs> I was like, God Hilarious. damn it. Snow! Or she was like, Portlander sees snow. And I was like, shut and up. And her cars I, just turn over. Literally, literally, it was like, it was not a lot of snow, but I was like, oh, it's really coming down. It's so pretty. And she just responds, Portlander sees snow. And I was like, oh, you're such an asshole. Well, you saw Naja while you were out there. I did see Naja. That's so I had fun. I had a great time with Naja. We went to this cute little restaurant and got some cocktails and hung out and just like I was like 
This woman, I feel like I've known her for a hundred years. It's a to- totally such a weird thing. She said the same thing. So we had a great time. She's doing really well. Uh, it was really fun hanging out with her. It was like one of the highlights for sure. Um, and then I went to Santa Fe for New Year's to Meow Wolf, if no one's heard of that. It's a um, interactive experience company that builds these big art, sound, visual, interactive spaces so you wander through and it's like I can, it's I feel like I can't really it's very hard to describe but you can go to their website it's pretty interesting but they uh it was really fun so um uh I had a great time there it was very cold I felt like Michael was it was like he well he lives in California so it's like super cold I live in Oregon it was super cold for me too and my friends there were like actually it's not so bad and I'm like you guys it's like 12 degrees. No, you're wrong. It's really it's cold. It's 12 fucking degrees. Like, That's cold. <laughs> I I it's everything is frozen. So yeah, we were a little bit Everything is frozen. <laughs> I know it was it was really cold, but it was really fun and we just looked like definite tourists because we were in like 100 layers walking around. I mean, my jacket is like it's The bubble coats, could you not put your arms down? It I lit, it was like the kid in a Christmas story. Like I like literally couldn't move. You looked like a surfish. It was like hard to get into a car because I was like I can't find the seatbelt like, you know, if it wasn't for Michael and my friends down there like helping me like get in and out of things, I think I would have been stuck in my sleeping bag jacket forever. <laughs> But it was That's really fun. Awesome. It was a great um it was a great trip and I'm really glad we went. That's really fun. We had the kids were out of school, so they've been driving us crazy for two and a half weeks. And that's been really fun. And so we did uh, some different seeing Christmas lights and other things and had had a great holiday and went to Palm Springs for a few days and went and visited a friend and my daughter actually got to celebrate her birthday in Palm Springs, which was really fun when you're an Oregonian who was born in the middle of winter, three days after Christmas, and you get to have a pool party outside on your birthday. birthday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Never happens. That's amazing. Yeah. Never happens. So that was pretty, that was pretty fun for her. She must've been stoked. Oh, she loved it. And so they spent the whole day in the pool and just had a great time. We went to a nearby uh, it's called the Living Desert Zoo down there, which was really awesome. Uh, my kids love going to things like that, learning about some of their favorite shows on TV or some of the conservation shows. Yeah. And, uh, this show with the Irwins. Um, oh, my God, from yeah. From Australia. They yeah. watch that all the time. Crikey, it's the Irwins. And uh, there's another one that's a document, not a documentary, but a, um, what do they call it? Reality TV, and it's the Brooklyn Zoo. And they go behind the scenes of the Brooklyn Ooh, Zoo. Cool. And the thing that I like about the shows is it talks about how they take care of the animals. They talk about the animals that are endangered. But it also shows that sometimes the animals die. Hmm. And they can't always save the animals. And I think that's a really important kind of lesson. And For I kids, think, yeah. Yeah, and I think it also helps to really instill the importance of conservation because of the fact that you realize, like, these are fragile things, right? Like, these things can die. These these creatures need help. Um, and their love of Crikey, it's the Irwins, has gotten us very into uh, learning a lot about uh, Australia, which, sadly, right yes. now, is undergoing huge fires. Oh, my fires. God, it's so bad. And so my they were kids. Reporting that they think like five hundred billion animals have yes. been. Yes, I know that half koalas, a koalas are base, are basically are now extinct, func- functionally extinct. extinct. Yeah. So they, they can rebound, but they're going to need extensive yes. help from humans. They're not going to rebound on their own. Yes, it's so I sad. I read um, there was an article because now, like I said, my kids are obsessed with that show, so we kind of get a lot more information about that stuff. The zoo that they work at, the Irwins that they own, that they take care oh, of. Yeah, they've been taking a bunch of animals. They in, yeah. they have they themselves have helped to recuperate ninety thousand different animals, which is just like a drop in the bucket. But I mean, you think like ninety thousand animals? So that's, that's a huge. lot of animals. That's huge, and it's yeah. such a small percentage. On, yeah. Um, so that's something we've really been kind of talking about and, and learning about is and really following is the files, fires in Australia right now. And we know we have listeners in Australia, so, so you know, yeah, we're we thinking are of you. thinking of you. And um, if anybody down there wants to send us links of, um, of, of how, how we can we help, can help we're hap- a, in a tangible way. Like, yeah, yes. so just support whether and um, let us know. But, you know, up here in the north, we are thinking of you. And, um, 100%. Oregon, Our hearts are with you right now. Oregon, we're not um, inexperienced with fires. And no, so we do know so we that do. we've got we got we have a lot of empathy for yeah, that. Yeah, so but do do let us know if there um, there are links that we can share to our networks. 
um, we're glad to help however yeah, we can. Yeah, we'd happy happy to give out a, give a shout out or or mm-hmm. share it around our social yes, media networks. Yes, hundred percent. But so that's kind of that's what's been going on with us. It's a lot of family time. Um, we have had we've had a lot of fun, and so uh, the kids are all bummed that they have to go back to school tomorrow. But sorry, wham wham. I know. Sorry, I get my <laughs> life back. You get your I, life back. <laughs> work is so much easier than than being full time home with kids. So oh my gosh, I bet. So um, we're just kind of we're ready. I'm kind of ready for the routine to come back. That's part of the craziness. That's the holidays is routine just gets thrown out the window. So we're very much kind of looking forward to that and. I got to read Teresa's book. Yes, I did too. Which was awesome. Another benefit of being off Facebook, I read two books during my winter break, and I have two recommendations when you're ready. I do not, so I don't want to say this out loud. I'm going to say it out loud because I'm not very smart, but I don't want to because one of the things that I decided I really want to try and do this year is I really want to start trying to read more. And that's actually hard for me. It's you not habitual. This live on yeah. the podcast. So it's it's, habi- it's habitual to for it. me to not read, to do other things. And so I'm really going to have to try and make it a habit. And so I'm, what I'm going to try and do is when I go to just play on my phone or fart around on my phone at night, which I usually do for at least an hour or two every night. Read instead. Instead, have a book out and read that book. And I'm going to see if I can try and... I want to read all the books that I have. I've been working on that for two years. It's so hard. <laughs> the problem is they keep buying books. That's the problem. And that's the thing is it's like there's they, so many that I want to read. And so that's kind of my... They say that that helps you sleep more. Like what, like be, I can having, see that. Having no screen for an hour before you go to bed is supposed to help oh, your sleep Yeah, uh, I could use that because I do not sleep well. But yeah, um, sleep well if it's all right, I've got a couple of book recommendations yes. oh, yeah. if you're thinking about that. Yes. So one of the things people have often asked us for are 201 recommendations because there's a lot of introductory beginner books on the market oh, yeah. yes and the reason for that is that's what publishers have the easiest time selling so that's what they publish but if you start to move into more of the independent witchcraft markets you're going to find books that are a little more advanced so one book that's um, been out for a few years and it's part of my goal of trying to read through the ones i already have it is um, Christopher Penzek's The Mighty Dead, which is about establishing relationship with ancestors of witchcraft. So, yes, your ancestors, um, you know, your, your personal ancestors, but more than that, he talks about that there are ancestors of specifically of witchcraft that can be really helpful. And it helped... Um, me understand some of the visions that people in my coven used to have about what they would call the shadow people standing on the Mm -hmm. outside of the circle. And it's like, those are ancestors of witchcraft that are showing up. Um, So I would recommend uh, this book, The Mighty Dead, and really anything that comes out of Copper Cauldron Press. They have a lot of um, the next step books if you, you know, if you're looking for something that's that's not just introductory. So the other book that we got is um, Queen Mother Imaku's book just came out. Oh, awesome. Um, Yes. And it is called Kensu Dua Meni, um, and it is the Shenu Kemetic um, Daily Prayer Ritual. So for Ooh, those of you, cool. um, and she's a wonderful she's writer. She's amazing. And so she has a very specific, um, basically this is like a workbook for life using the Kemetic. Some people call this ancient Egypt um, traditions and spirituality. And so we will have links to both of these titles on our website. And um, yeah, so definitely check this out. This is one I'm really, um, I've been browsing through and it's just absolutely beautiful. She's got a lot of um, charts and things in here with affirmations and just ways that you can very easily include this work into your daily practice. If you're, um, I think for anyone who's looking to deepen their practice, but especially if you feel called to uh, the Kemetic or Egyptian deities, this is a really good resource. And she was wonderful. She came out two years ago for Columbia Willamette Pagan Pride Day and had our harvest Mm. fall ritual. So she was wonderful. So I'm, I'm definitely going to get my hands on that one. Yeah. But that's kind of something that also, I would say a year ago, because now we're coming up on our one-year podcast anniversary. Yeah, yes. so exciting. A year ago, one of the things I kept talking about was how much I was trying to slow life down and get uninvested in things and and kind of regroup and reprioritize. And I really feel like I've done a good job with that. And so I, I kind of feel like mentally I might be slowed down enough that I could sit and read a book. Because, like, just, it stresses me out last year, even the thought of sitting to read a book, because I just couldn't be still that long. So I feel like I've slowed things down enough that maybe I can... And that without reducing your caffeine intake. 
Oh, that will never happen. I know. <laughs> that is that is static. That is that is what keeps me upright and speaking in somewhat clear sentences. But yeah, I think that you know that's that's something I'm working on. So something else that we've wanted to start doing is um, on the first episode of the month, uh, this was Hillary's idea, yes. which meant more work for me. Um, That's what I like to do. I like to, to come out with I ideas. I love Hillary's so ideas that my, are more work for you. So like my gift is coming up with ideas that aren't my responsibility. So other people have to do the work. Courtney's responsibility. So then other people have to do the work and I can still like feel really great about my great idea, but not take any more on. I love it. So meanwhile, um, back at the podcast, (laughs) back back at the podcast. So I'm going to pull it to this. I'm going to pull a tarot card for the month. So for, this is for us and for our listeners, y'all, this is for everybody listening. For everybody. This is your card for January. And it is okay. Two of cups. All right. This is good. Um, I'm using, for those who want to know, I'm using the uh, Rider Waite Smith deck. I don't say this is the best deck to use, but it is the deck that I personally use quite a lot because um, I find it very accessible and easy to read. Um, But the Two of Cups in this deck has um, two people coming together basically sharing uh, something, and um, there's some symbols of healing between them. And um, I take that as a card that says open up to people. This is a really good time to um, to heal rifts if there's healing possible. I'm not saying go out and, and, you know, heal someone that thoroughly traumatized you. But if it's possible to set aside the ego and the challenges and um, find reunion with others, it's a really good time to do it. It's also a good time to... Um, open up to new friendships, new relationships. If you're looking for love, saying this could probably be a good time to do that. But it's a lot about um, not just drawing things to you. Um, it's about opening the self. And a lot of times in witchcraft, we talk about attraction, attraction, want to attract the good things. And yes, we should. But are we really open to them? And so yes. this is a question of making that's sure really that you can yeah. attract everything to you that you want. But if you're not open to receiving it, you're not going <clears> to <throat> get it. So that's everybody, that's all of our card for this month. I'll pull another one in February. Um but speaking of other things that are going on this month, um, we have a full moon on Friday, January 10th, and we also have a lunar eclipse. Now, this full moon is in Cancer, um, which is a sign of the house and the home and of nurture and comfort. Um, it's also a, a very watery sign. It's a lot about emotions. This is a really, and because uh, Hil- Teresa will probably talk about this more when she comes on a little bit, but we're in this the stage of Capricorn, so it's a very practical time. But then when you're including all that home stuff, this is a really good time for home blessing rituals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a good time to wash your floors and get rid of any funk that's in there. And because this is a water sign, I'm also going to recommend let us all direct a little bit of watery attention toward Australia right yes. now to try to put yeah. those fires out. Um, because it's an eclipse, this is a good time for change. If things aren't really going well in your home life, this is a really good time to to, to shift that. And also talking about the fires, let's shift the course of the fire with that. Um, so I recommend baths. I recommend floor washes. Um, if you're not sure what to do and you just kind of want to harness this energy for later, um, what one of the things that Anwen Avalon talked Avalon talked about was capturing the image of the full moon in a bowl of water. Which yes. means you actually have to go outside yeah, and try to reflect, get catch that reflection in the, in water. the water, and then freeze it. <laughs> and then when next time you want some uh, change in your home or home blessing, thaw that out, and you've got that That's that so energy smart. on ice. That's really cool. That's a great idea. And I actually did, you had mentioned in the previous podcast, the going out and was, was it for the Cap- new... Yeah, the, capturing sun, the sunrise at solstice. The sunrise at solstice. And I made a joke, there's no way I'm going to get up that early. And but then you, you texted did. me. Well, you texted me and you're like, you realize it's actually not early. It's actually like 7.40 in the morning. And I'm like, well, hell, I'll have been up for an hour. So <laughs> yeah. the kids and I actually went out and we took we took some stones. They each picked a stone and we... We did a blessing with the stones and charged the stone for the winter solstice. Yeah, that the, was really cool. The three of us um, did at the same time. And something <laughs> in one, something interesting in modern witch troubles. Yeah, uh, I was in an airport. Yes. <laughs> And just so, holding it up. so I just like sat there. I was like at the window. I was like trying as hard as I could to get like to, to face east. But it was like, so I was like leaning around. Like I'm sure people in the airport were like, what the fuck I'm sure people is in, the, in the airport were not giving a shit. They just wanted to no, get where people, they were going. There were a few people who were like, what? Because I'm like, have, I have a stone like this. And I'm like, <laughs> like leaning. Hashtag and I'm like, and people are like, what the fuck? Anyway, so yeah, I, I did mine from the airport. But it, an, an example, Courtney and I were laughing about this, is, is an example of like you can... 
like you can do this anywhere. Like, Being in yeah, an airport is no excuse. Being in an airport is no excuse. <laughs> we did not let Hillary use it as an excuse. No, I mean seriously, I've done spells where I've held stones up to an airplane window or a bus yeah. window. Yeah. If the timing was right, yeah, like, I wanted that's the energy when you at this time. It. That's when you yeah, did it. That's so what I did. All about that. So something else that if you did this work with the stones at the winter solstice, hold on to them, mark them because I always forget what my stones are, and then at sunset on the summer solstice, at the end of the longest day bring them out again. So you're capturing the light from the long, the sunset at the longest day like and the sunrise when the beginning, the beginning of the light. So then you just continue to continue charge, to charge it. That's really that cool. and use I it like year that. after year, you know, use that work. So I like that. Yeah. That's very cool. This has been Courtney's recommendations for witchcraft for January, 2020. The things that she bosses <laughs> us around to do. I no, they tell me to do this stuff, it's true. and then I share it, and then you're like, "Ah, you're bossing us around." Like you told me to do, you gave me all this homework. Anyway, hey, they can both be true. <laughs> they can both be true. <laughs> no, I'm I'm super I'm super excited though to talk to Teresa because I think part of you know the new year and all the new just all the newness that January brings both symbolically and just in people's you know thoughts and minds that I I, there's nothing that sounds more fantastic to me than talking about what the astrological what are the best dates to like not leave the house yes what day do I need to not leave my bed and what day do I need to definitely leave my bed and yeah, I'm making decisions, and I actually, when, when I was reading her book, her book is fabulous, and I'm, I thoroughly recommend that all of our listeners buy it, because it was just, it was such an easy, fun read. It's also kind of a workbook, so it gives you activities, and I love makes things, I love it, and it makes it so easy, and she gives you different websites to go to, which we will post, of where to get your natal chart. Yes. I did my natal chart. And as much as you like, and we, to now think, we know that you're fucked up. Oh, it just I mean, spells it out for you. Like these are all I'm the ways. If you haven't figured that out yet, like, right? I'm concerned about your like ability right? to How perceive not reality. Attention. If you're oh. just now realizing, but it. it's hilarious because I'm. You like to think that you're, you know, this unique individual and you're super special. And I'm reading this chart and I'm like, yep. I do that. Yep, I do that. Oh, yeah, that's I'm an asshole that way. Oh, yeah, I do that. I want to see your chart, Kanani. I, it's like a tabloid. It, it's exactly <laughs> what it's like. It's exactly what it's like. And it's so it's but it's so funny because you read it and you're just like son of a bitch. Like this completely has me pegged. So, I'm I'm super excited. We would like to welcome on Teresa Reed to our podcast. Welcome. Um, she is known hey. as the Tarot Lady, and uh, she has been a full-time tarot card reader for close to 30 years. She is the author of the Tarot Coloring Book, an illustrated tour through the world of tarot with coloring sheets for every card in the deck. Teresa is also the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the Astro Curious, and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times, with Shaheen Miro. In addition to doing private tarot readings, teaching tarot classes, and speaking at tarot conferences, Teresa also runs a popular website, thetarolady.com, where she dishes out advice, inspiration, and tips for tarot lovers of all experience levels. So thank you so much for joining us, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I want to give her a quick shout out before we even continue. So in addition to being um, a phenomenal voice within the magical and metaphysical community, Teresa is also incredibly supportive of up and coming people. So when I was first new and getting my work out on the market, Teresa just scooped me up and was like, hey, I'm putting your stuff out there because it's good. And that's not the case with everyone in this business. People get threatened by people who are new, but also Teresa knows that she's totally the badass bomb. And so she's not threatened by anybody, but she, um, (laughs) the fact that you, you were, you've been such a lift to uh, not just me, but a lot of people out there is something I, I think deserves some singing and praise. So yay, Teresa. Well, thank you. I like to say that I was a talent scout in a past life, so I'm just really good at spotting talent. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I, I just have to say, you know, there's there's certain people who have come on that, you know, I've I've read the books or heard about what they've been doing, and it's been it's been, you know, I've really enjoyed it. You definitely make girlfriend status <laughs> because you you had my heart at the line that. 
Tarot was my first love, but astrology was the perfect side piece. <laughs> I was like, that, that's, that's my girl right there. I absolutely love this woman. And I had the best time going through and, and reading your book. Because and it's all about you. Exactly. It's a, it's a reading experience. It's all about it's the reader. It's all about so me. like, I'm reading this book and I'm reading about me. This is the greatest book in the world. Like, it's I knew it's like, the best of all worlds. <laughs> Although I do have to say that of all the people I've dubbed my boyfriend or girlfriend on this show, you're the first one that we're going to have a couple fight (laughs) (laughs) because I'm now obsessed with astrology, which I was a very, very long time ago. And I'm, this has reawakened my absolute obsession where I was doing my chart, my husband's chart, looking at my children's chart. And I'm like, what has she done? So we're, we're kind of in the middle of a tiff right now, but I think we're going to work through. (laughs) I think we're going to be okay. Because the well, book was just amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I had so much. I had so much fun. Um, one of the things that we like to ask people who come on is, at what point in your life did you kind of come into feeling like you were a witch, or you you kind of started practicing magic? So actually, for me, when I was a very little girl, um, you know, I've always been a little bit weird and different. I, I'm sure, Courtney, you don't know that, but <laughs> I just felt only- like I just felt like you and I are the normal ones. Everybody else is weird. They are, <laughs> but I, I remember, you know, always being told I was weird and blah blah blah. And I also remember my mother used to get the National Enquirer, <laughs> and that, I know, I know, you I, and I, I both, sister. Oh my God. I love all that trashy stuff. But anyhow, um, I, love her. I, used to, <laughs> I used to sit and I was a little girl. I'd sit in these armchairs. We had these big antique Morris chairs with lion's heads on them. They were like Amazing. from the 1800s. And I would sit in those chairs with the National Choir. And there was always this big <laughs> ad for um, the magic power of witchcraft by Gavin and Yvonne Frost. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, you guys remember those ads? I yes. do. I love the. Yes, and I used to, like, pour over those ads, and I used to read every detail, and I would fantasize about, I'm going to get that witch book, I'm going to learn how to be a money magnet, I'm going to get the hell out of this house, you know? So I remember that was my first intro to anything witchy, and before I got into actually doing anything witchy, I was actually doing magic, and I didn't know it. Like, I have (laughs) a very strong willpower, and I remember (laughs) that I would focus on certain things, and things would happen, and I also remember when I was very young, at about nine years old, I had hurt myself, and I created this special healing word, and it's totally secret. I've never revealed it to anybody. I never will, and I put my hands on that part of my body, I think I skinned my knee or something, and I just recited the words over and over, and it took the pain away, and I had a perfect healing. Now, I use that secret word to this day. If I bang a toe, if I do anything, that word usually will take the pain away, it'll alleviate the fear, and oftentimes it brings about a really fast healing. So I've always known that there's a, there's an an opportunity to connect with something greater. That energy is energy. And learning how to work with energy and bend energy, those are things that, you know, I got accustomed to early on. Now, when I got into full-blown doing witchy-type things, that's actually when I was in New York. And I lived in New York for a little while, and there used to be a shop down there called The Magical Child. Yes. Famous store. Very famous store. Yep. Herman Slater's store. And I was friends with a guy in the back who did the oils and incenses. And I would go in there and I was obsessed with that place. And I'd be getting oils and this and that, you know, um, because I really always wanted to bend things to my will. I'm, I'm a very stubborn person. I like getting my way. But one of the first times I ever did a magic kit, I had a kit that Herman Slater had. Uh, he said the kit's back there and the kit was called an uncrossing kit. And I told my roommate, we have bad luck. We're going to do this kit. We're going to remove our bad luck. We're going to test this witch stuff out. So we did the ritual together. And I remember we were doing this chant. And at the time we did the chant, and I'm not kidding, the energy in the room, you literally felt the air go... Yes. And we were like looking at each other really scared, but we ended up (laughs) continuing. And after we done with the ritual, I said, did you feel that? And he said, oh my God, what the hell do you think that is? I said, I don't know, but I think I like it. And the interesting (laughs) thing is my luck luck did change. Uh, My roommate's luck did change, but mine did change. And my life from that point forward really went in a pretty magical direction. It doesn't mean it was perfect. Okay, but it seemed like something changed. So my all my witchy experiences, you know, 
uh, come from the energetic stuff when I was little and I didn't know what I was doing. Reading those Gavin and Yvonne Frost ads and getting obsessed. And also being in New York when the when um, Herman's shop used to be open. Her first magical book was the National Enquirer, which just proves that we're soulmates. <laughs> Let me just say that. Oh <laughs> this is our screaming go, Teresa. This is our silent, uh, not so silent, but our secret fourth co-host that most of our audience likes more than any of us. Yeah, it's I'm true. pretty sure they only listen. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. When's the screaming go? <laughs> the screaming go coming back. And whenever Kanani starts to when I fan girl and flail, the screaming goat comes out just to let her know she's being insane. Yes. So it's what I do <laughs> yeah, best. I also, <laughs> also, Kanani cannot figure out how to use the goat, which is the other part that's, of it. That's the we other had to, part. Yeah, I had to edit something out because just the episode was too long where Hillary had a total meltdown because Kanani could I was just like, what? If you just push it like it's a child's toy. <laughs> I'm not. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm not that. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, I'm looking at Kanani's chart. It's I a know. mess. My chart. My chart. It looks like a fucking arrow, which explains everything. Yes. And my chart was a hot mess. And I... You give some phenomenal resources of places where you can go and have uh, have your natal chart drawn up and kind of explained for you. And I was just, uh, I just had, I got lost in it. Like I said, I, I just became obsessed with doing my charts. And not shocking, my rising sign is Aries, which, yes. I mean, is pretty much a given. And so for those who are not familiar with Aries, what does that mean? What does rising sign mean? It means I'm a pushy asshole. Okay. That's the shorthand. Maybe Teresa. So since, since Kanani has moved from um, hosting to uh, talk about self-time, Teresa, maybe yes. you could tell maybe Teresa what, can is, say. what is a rising sign and what is an Aries for those who are not familiar? Okay, so Aries is a zodiac sign. There are 12 zodiac signs. Yes. Uh, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. Uh, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. And most of us know our zodiac sun sign. Yes. Which is what so we get in the newspaper. In the, yeah, yeah, that's what we see in right. the, yeah. That's what we see in the in the horoscopes. And, you know, the zodiac signs, um, you know, each one has different characteristics. And it can give you a hint as to how the planet is operating when it's in that sign. So, again, we all know our horoscope sign. That's our sun sign. So if you have, like, for example, I'm a sun in Gemini, then Gemini is the twins. It is a mutable sign, which means it's adaptable. It's an air sign, which means it tends to live in the realm of ideas. And generally, people tend to be kind of flaky. They tend to be, you know, uh, changeable, like the wind, because it is an air sign. They love to talk. They love to communicate. Um, they love to learn. Uh, every sign has a positive and a negative. I always say you can go with the high vibe or the low vibe. The high vibe of Gemini is, you know, intellectualism. Uh, you, most Gem- I, although don't take this through that Geminis are all smart. I know lots of dumb Geminis. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> when they're on the high vibe, you know, they're very intellectual. And they are the people who come up with lots of really unique ideas and they communicate them to the public. But when it's on the low side, they could be fickle, they could be flighty, they could be two-faced, they could be gossipy. Although I don't think gossip is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Uh, so I don't see it as a bad characteristic, but those that's how the zodiac signs work. Now, an ascendant or rising sign, that's the time you were born. The time you were born is your rising sign. That is the time the sun was rising in the sky. So depending on what time you're born, you could be... So, you know, Connie, what's, what's your sun sign? So I'm a Libra with an Aries rising. Okay, so... She's a Libra, so her son, your son, you know, is all about uh, cooperation and balance, balance and finding the middle way, being diplomatic. That's like your basic personality. Now, Aries rising, though, that's the image that other people see. Ding, 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 ding. This person can't be a Libra. She's pushy. She's aggressive. She's, she's assertive. Hell yeah, she is. That's how people are going to see you. <laughs> They're laughing. We're having it's all down over here. What's your it's moon sign? What's, What's your, your moon sign? My moon is Virgo. Ooh, Libra, Virgo, Aries. Tell us all about Kanani. What's wrong with her? I like on this where it says cheerful for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that nailed it right there. But yeah, what would that be? 
our sun, moon, and our rising are really super important. If you know, and a lot of astrologers say this, if you know those three things in a person's chart, you can tell a lot about them. Um, a, a Virgo moon is actually not considered a very easy moon. The Virgo moon, um, Virgos are happy, or the moon is not happy in Virgo. The moon is all about our feelings, our emotions. And in Virgo, rather than just having a feeling, you got to analyze it. And it's like, can you just have a feeling? Why do you have to think it through? Why do you have to process <laughs> She's it? over here shaking her head like, nope, I don't do that. <laughs> and sometimes moon and Virgo people can be very reserved with their feelings. Like they, it may take them a longer time to build up trust. So that Libra side appears outwardly very friendly. But in the meantime, the moon is assessing you and it's, it's trying to determine, can I trust this person? I, that is so funny. I, I very rarely do people know how, what I'm actually feeling. I know. And that's because I tell you whether you want to know or not. <laughs> that's because she calls you like 42 times exactly. a day to let you know how exactly. she feels at every moment of In every, every day, moment. Every and, hour, every moment, every but feeling. But Courtney can attest to the fact <laughs> that I, a big decision, I will take months if not years, and to then you actually call me make and analyze day. every corner. Yeah, to actually make it. I am not one of those people that makes a for eight years. decision. But this is I'm this very... is this is what's funny is because um, we often joke that everybody likes Kanani, but Kanani doesn't like anyone. No. So, <laughs> so that's that. it's funny because it's true. That's what makes it funny. Well, you, want, you guys want to hear something really funny too. You could you could really figure out how to like kind of get on with people once you understand things. So if I was trying to be Kanani's best friend, I would know that I have to really establish trust. I can't come on too strongly because she's an Aries rising. It's okay to let her take the lead and just follow her lead. You know, I wouldn't be like trying to like get in her face, trying to force a friendship. I would be letting it develop nice and slowly, kind of like you're simmering a nice soup. You know, so you can learn a lot by looking at people's charts and you know sometimes astrologers will say oh my god i can't stand this side that sign shouldn't get along you shouldn't date this side and i think that's all bogus i think astrology is like a user manual once you understand how someone ticks it's about you then respecting that person's makeup well that's like so dead on I, i've always felt that way too where it's like well why i mean like it's okay to have be very different and still be able to adapt to each other's differences you know well and it's almost oh, yeah. It's almost unnerving to me when I did my chart and I'm reading it and we're all joking and laughing about all these things because they're so true when it comes to me. But I was looking at this and I could literally hand this to someone who has no idea who I am and they would actually get a very accurate snapshot (laughs) about very personal aspects of me that are not things that I outwardly share, but that they could literally read on a piece of paper that are a thousand percent true. Absolutely. And it really, again, I look at it as, I, first of all, I think that nothing's totally cut in stone because, again, you can manifest the good or bad of anything you choose. But I think it gives people a real ability to understand each other. Insight, and one of my yeah. things, and this is spoken like a true Gemini, it's always about communicating. It's always about finding a way so we can speak the same language, even if we are made up as completely different people. I mean, my daughter and I are the perfect example. We have very different astrology charts. When this kid was born, I did her chart in the hospital. I cried. I said, oh, my God. Oh, why'd you have to come three weeks early? You ruined my master plan. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm not going to get along with this kid. But I knew then, once I got over my attitude about it, I'm like, you know what? No, 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 no. This is how you have to deal with this child. And my daughter and I are extraordinarily close. I mean, she's even buying a house five minutes from here. We are super, super close. Oh, that's awesome. And, and that's because I, I really do think that astrology gives you an ability to say, okay, I don't have to be acting like the Joan Crawford mother. I'm going to instead <laughs> look at this child's chart and figure out what is going to be the way that I can still be myself, but serve, our, serve you know, show up in a way that's going to be helpful to her. That's so smart. Uh, one of the things that, one of the, my daughter and I also get along very very well I got along with my my own mother so she's we're all kind of you know the same person you know over and over only she's a better version of of either my mother or myself and a lot of times you know how I deal with her if there's problems or things like that is I literally just think to myself how would I want someone to handle this with me and then I, that's how I handle it with her because I know if it would work for me, it would work for her. But I'm, I'm going to be doing her chart because I feel like I can get even more. There are things that are different about her. And so it's like okay. I feel like if I do her chart, I can get even more specific to, and same with my, my son, 
what will work for her? Like, how can I talk to her in a way that is going to be the most meaningful for her and and the most easy for her to digest? I'm just like, I'm so over the moon with this. I'm so excited. Well, I think you could be a better parent, a better partner, a better friend once you know how someone ticks and astrology gives you an insight into it. You know, and and by the way, fun fact, Courtney and I share the same moon and rising signs. And Courtney and I can sometimes do telepathy together. Oh yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, and it's usually it's usually smack talk telepathy oh, when we're at conferences. That's the best time. When we're at conferences together, somebody comes over and is being awful. Then Teresa and I just look at each other. We have this entire diatribe of like, why won't this bitch just die? I mean, seriously, <laughs> why won't this person so, go away? Just a little bit to give people insight into Teresa and my charts. Is it okay to talk about what our moon and risings are? I think you mentioned in yours in the book. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a Cancer Sun. Scorpio moon, Libra rising. So shorthand means I do want to love everyone. I do want everyone to also get a, to get along. I also want to rule them all and probably annihilate them all. So I have complicated feelings about everybody. And so that's where <laughs> Teresa and I totally get along because we have the sense of let's all get along. It'd be better if you just did what we said, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that I fair? also have this other thing. My other thing with my thing with being the the you know kind of the flighty Gemini thing and the Moon and Scorpio is like oh my god I want to hang out now I want to be left the hell alone get yeah. away from me give me room on the couch don't get too close don't stand too close to me that that song by the Police you know yes. um, that's the one thing that really really is strong in my chart it's like I'm I'm social to a point and I have to be alone for many 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 hours of the day. Yeah, and that's not easy to live with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little easier to live with because of my cancer sons. So there's a lot about home and nurture and stuff yeah. like that. But um, I work from home and I really like it. I like being alone during, you know, I'm trying to do my thing. Yeah. Right? I'm I have a- Venus and Cancer, so I have a domestic streak too. Uh, but my Venus and Cancer, Venus is how we love. And the way it shows up is when I love someone, I want to feed them. It's like, I want to cook for you. I don't want to feed you. And most people, if you're around me for any time, you're going to put on weight. I'm dangerous to live with. You're like, here, eat this. Have more. Here, I made this. Oh, yeah. Get away. I've lived, I've like lived the, with you before. I've lived with people like you before. Like these peanut butter brownies, and then I make my yoga students eat them. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Taylor, do you know what your moon and rising sign Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Taurus sun, a Taurus moon, and a Virgo rising. So a Taurus moon is considered exalted. And exalted means it's the highest expression of that planet. So some astrologers back in the day decided that, you know, the moon is better. Every planet is better in certain signs. So the moon in Taurus is like that provides a grounded, reliable personality. It's someone who's down to earth. Now, it's the opposite. The opposite of Taurus is Scorpio. And that's considered the worst position for the moon. So that's why Courtney is the way Courtney is because she's got a not-so-great moon. <laughs> so that's the reason she's crazy and you're always threatening to turn the car around. That's why, that's <laughs> why I'm always mom. <laughs> that, Fuck. that is why you're always the one telling us, do I need to turn the car around? Well, one of the things that I um, thought was so helpful about the book, not only do you guide people on how to do their own charts, because I'm sure there are people listening that are like, I don't know what this is. You give very easy step-by-step There's instructions. There's so many great activities. Uh, yes, but also you talk Thank about you. how... Your bad chart is not an excuse for your fucked up life. Yes. yes. It's not. Yes. It's like accountability, and right? And so I, if you look at my husband and my charts, okay, so we know the planets that are in Earth are very stable. They're grounded. They are, are said to be better with business and with money and stuff like that. Between my husband and I, we have not one single planet in Earth in either one of our charts. We are all fire, air, and a little bit of water. And so you would expect that we would float away. But to be honest, he and I are so stinking practical because those are muscles we've had to develop that don't come to us naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So like, seriously, you look at our budget spreadsheets, we account for every single penny that comes in, that comes out. You know, we're, we're constantly like working to maximize our resources in a productive way. And that's because it doesn't come naturally. If we just went by, I don't have any earth, so I'm just going to live in a blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to walk around and not have anything, you know, that's... (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what happens also when there's a missing element in a person's chart, either it really shows or they overcompensate. I have no fire in my chart and nobody in a million years would ever believe that because I'm super motivated and I'm also super violent, you know, which isn't one of my best or qu- better qualities. Um, I'm not as violent anymore, but you know, that is, I'm very, very 
I'm the type of person when I'm mad, I get super physical. I want to burn every bridge. I mean, that's the thing that I have to be very careful. But I have no fire in my chart. You would never guess in a million years because I'm such a passionate, fiery person that there's no fire in that chart. Do you think that's because you because because of a compensation? People compensate. I mm. find that it, it shows up one way or the other. Either you can really spot it. Like sometimes when people don't have any fire, they're very lazy, they're very unmotivated, they're timid, they're doormats. Or if they go the other direction, they overcompensate. Like Courtney has no earth and she's extremely practical where she's recording everything on a spreadsheet. And my fire, missing fire, the way it shows up is I'm extremely passionate and I've got a very volatile side that I have to rein in. I, I think I just think it's like I said, I mean, the you do a great job of I mean, there's the resources that kind of, um, you know, it is very kind of it's easy for someone who doesn't know astrology to pick up this book and start to learn astrology. Yeah. You give like you gave me websites where I could print out my natal chart and it did it all for me and it printed out these little synopsis, which were great. But then you can later go back to the book to get more detailed, more thorough explanations, which is what was nice. Like online I can get a little synopsis, but then I can go back to the book and I can get kind of a much more thorough, easy to understand explanation for, you know, what I saw on my chart. Well, one of the things that I'm, this is the Gemini skill, is I'm very good at articulating complex subjects and breaking them down and making it so everybody can understand. And that's one of my goals because I think a lot of people, they come to like tarot or they come to astrology and they're like, oh my God, this is so much. What's a hierophant? Or, you know, in this, in tarot, or they look at astrology and they're like, I can never understand these transits. I, I always feel like, oh, just hang on a second. There's a way to understand this. Just let's let's sit down. Here's how you do it. And that is one of the skills that I I'm really proud of that I can break that stuff down for people. I mean, you just like des- you, out. you just described me with astrology. Like I, I found it so overwhelming because I think that the yeah. the books or the resources were like so heady and so so complex that I was just like I don't know. This is like reading like this is like reading a book about algebra, and I'm just like my brain was like I can't. And so I just yeah. I checked out. I was like reading through it. So I can't wait to read the book. Oh, it's Kanani's it's awesome. been Kanani's been raving about it. So oh yes, it's been Yay. awesome. Um, I was just kind of curious. In what ways in your in your day to day life do you use astrology as just kind of a tool? Well, astrology for me, the main way I use it is for business. Uh, that sounds really weird, but. I timed everything by the stars. And I started doing that many years ago. I was running my business and all that. My business is doing okay. And I've got really good business instincts. Intercepted Capricorn in the third house. (laughs) Uh, But I've got naturally really a a good head for business. And one day I'm like, you know, I'm going to start applying some of these transits to business once and test it out. And when I started doing that, I'm like, holy cats, this this works. And so I've been, I always like to say, I've been running my business through by astrology, kind of like a farmer's almanac for many, many years. And it works. I know that when there's something funky in the sky, I'm going to lay low. I'm not going to get involved. If somebody shows up in my inbox on a day when the planets are volatile, which just happened the other day, I know there is a chance I'm going to lose my temper, which I just did the other day. (laughs) Um, You know, so I, I, I know when to send out book proposals. I know when to sign contracts. I know when the money is going to be coming in. I know when I have to hustle harder because the money is going to be tighter. I use the astrology every single day for my business. That is the main way I use astrology. Sometimes people come to me and they're like, could you do my natal chart? I'm like, well, I could, but I'm not interested. I only do the things I'm interested in. I'm very stubborn. Um, and I'm very interested in uh, applying astrology to business. That is the one thing I'm very into. What are the kinds of things that you kind of are forecasting for the next year? Yeah, what's happening in 2020? Yeah, give us 2020. Give us all the deets. Well, we've got heavy stuff happening in 2020. So, you know, one of the other things that I'm very passionate about, but it's more like behind the scenes, is political astrology and historical astrology. I find that stuff very fascinating. So in a nutshell, I'll try to be as concise as possible. Uh, Right now, the United States is in the midst of their Pluto return. We're a very young country. The Pluto return only comes around once every 200 years, or 
little bit more than 200 years. And the Pluto return is a time where it can bring a tremendous amount of upheaval. We've been under this Pluto return now for about a decade. We've got about four more years of it. Now, the last time when we were in our uh, Pluto, when Pluto, when the United States was first found, we were founded with Pluto and Capricorn. Okay, we're again, we're a very new country. So now this is our first Pluto return, and Pluto, Capricorn, Capricorn has a lot to do with government. So at the time when the United States was formed, Pluto was in Capricorn, and basically what we did is we said screw you to England and started our own government, which is very Pluto. Pluto likes to tear everything down and rebuild it. And oftentimes when it's in Capricorn, it's about government. So that's what we did. But what was our government founded on back then? A bunch of old white dudes sat down and founded a new government, right? So now we're in the midst of our Pluto return. And the country looks very, very different. Our country is a lot browner. There is a strong feminine energy here. There are a lot of witchy folks like ourselves. There is a LGBTQ community who's found their voice. I like to say the country's getting a lot browner. And so for those founding fathers, it looks way, way different. So this Pluto return that we're in, we are having to now face the fact that this is no longer just a country for old white men. And we have to make some changes in order to reflect who we are as a nation. Now, that being said, Saturn is also in Capricorn. So Saturn in Capricorn, Saturn loves being in Capricorn because it rules Capricorn. And Saturn is basically coming along, and it's been here for about two years, and saying, I'm joining this Pluto party, and we're going to wreck a bunch of things, and we're going to rebuild things. And so there's some really intense stuff going on right now. And on January 12th, Saturn and Pluto are going to align. Now, they only do that once every 34 years. So think back 34 years ago, what was going on? You know, there was a lot we of were all, stuff happening. We were all really little at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was 20, I was 20 years old. I'm older than you. So, you know, I remember that time. That was a time, you know, there was a, a lot of upheaval. Uh, you know, so we went into the Reagan years, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to get into all that. But anyhow, what I want to say is that Saturn and Pluto, when, they conjun- when they're conjunct on January 12th, they are setting a very big vibration through the universe, so to speak, or, or through our country, or through all of us. And they're both in Capricorn, so what we're supposed to be thinking about is the use of power and about mm. Earth, because it's Earth energy. How do we want to take care of the Earth? How are we going to take care of each other? What are we going to do with our power? How are we using power? How is power being used or abused? This is the time where we really have to start addressing that. That's going to be a big theme for this year. So in 2020, we have to really get serious and start thinking about the use and abuse of power. Now, the other thing that's really big this year, and again, astrologers also have their idea of what's big, what's not. At the end of the year, um, which in December, Saturn is going to align with Jupiter. Now, that only happens once every 20 years. And they used to be called the Time Lords in old astrology books. And the Time Lords basically set the tone for the next 20 years. The last time they aligned was in Taurus. And they've been in Earth planets for a long time. So the, the focus has been in the last 19 years on money, which, is, which Taurus rules, Earth, climate change, all of that stuff. And so we've had this Earth-heavy energy for a long, long time. Um, And at the end of 2020, it's going into Aquarius. And Aquarius is about humanitarianism, technology, brotherhood. Uh, It's about taking care of each other. It is about doing the right thing. So it is going to be a huge shift. What we are seeing right now is the last gasp of the old way. And that old way is going to go down kicking and screaming, and it's going to destroy as much crap as it can along the way. And then we're going to start rebuilding at the end of 2020. So things are going to start looking a lot different. When people say, oh, my God, I don't have any hope in the world. I'm like, um, we're going to be okay. We're, we're in a bad place right now. Saturn conjunct Pluto is a reality check. It's a time, again, to really think about power. Uh, it's a time to really face the monsters that are in power and the corruption that's happening. And when they go, when Saturn and Jupiter align in Aquarius, I mean, that happens on December 19th. 
Mm. This right, right at the solstice. You know what I mean? Um, That's going to be really powerful. It's going to be very powerful, and it's going to set the tone for the next 20 years. It's going to be time to think outside of the box, to be the humanitarians, to really think about what's possible for everyone, not just for the, the privileged few. So those are the two big things that I think we need to watch out for in the next year. Uh, there's more things happening, too, but those are the things I'm paying attention to because of the historical thing, too. Um it's going to be, an, we're, we're living in interesting times, let's put it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, what about, two things that I had questions about. One, what in the stars might have indicated that this recent situation with Iran um, was coming? And, you know, will we be in this for a while, according to astrology? And also, if you give us a sneak preview of what to expect come closer to the election? The election's going to be a shit show. <laughs> I'm warning you right now, we have Mercury retrograde right around that time. I think, oh, I think no. the election, let me double check that right now. Let me see if I got an ephemera. I've always got an ephemera handy. But um, an ephemera, by the way, for people who are listening, is an, it's a book of days, a book of astrological days. So Mercury is retrograde. It goes direct on election day. Okay. It's in Gemini, which means the planets are favoring Donald Trump. That doesn't mean he's going to win. But he's got some good mojo around that time. He's also got a lot of bad mojo around that time. I'm not making predictions until I see who's running against him. So I don't that's make fair. any predictions. But just the one thing I will say to people, don't count him out. And that's the thing I said during the last election. Everybody said Hillary's going to win. I said, don't count him out. His stars were lucky that night. He's in his Jupiter return. And so when he won, I wasn't surprised at all. Everybody else was. And I'm like, he's in his Jupiter return. That's about as lucky as it gets. So I have to see who's running. But we are coming out of a Mercury retrograde then, so I think it's going to be a shit show. Uh, and I also think with this this stuff that happened in Iran, um, once again, doesn't surprise me because Saturn and Pluto are inching closer and closer together. And astrologically, if you look at Donald Trump's chart, he was really feeling itchy that day. And the moon was in Aries that day, and it was setting off a whole bunch of impulsive, intense energy in his chart. Damn. He was feeling itchy as hell, and he that was his day. And it, by the way, that was not the right day for him to do it. If he was, if I was his astrologer, well, first of all, he wouldn't be doing a lot of things. If yeah. I, was his <laughs> <laughs> I, I turned this man to a good president, but if he was, if I was his astrologer, I would have been like, dude, not today, not today, Satan. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's not a good day for him to be starting it. So do I think we're going to be in war for a long time? Look, we've been in war for a long time. World's in in war. There's always some asshole who wants to ruin it for everybody. So I think this is going to be very problematic. I think we're going to see a lot of, again, men flexing their bullshit and their egos. And there's going to be a lot of power plays. But also, I want to remind everybody, this is the last gasp. They all want to go down kicking and screaming and wagging their dicks around. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel too. Is at this point, it's it's about you're feeling the dick wagging. I'm feeling the dick wagging. It's it's all like about. It's like, I was like, men, 2020, men, go find a better hobby. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of safe. Their dicks aren't even all that great, right? It's all about, but it's all about even that great. It's just all about. It's very clear that those old ways are just done. It's just, I mean, it's clear to anyone and everyone that we're just we're we're past that. But there's just it doesn't matter. It's going to take time for other people to pretty much, I hate to say this, but die, just die. And so that that old generation of people with these backwards ideas and horrible ways of thinking just aren't around. Um, And so, but we're just kind of at that place where you're just kind of waiting for that to happen and people are just kicking and screaming on the way out. And there's just really no other way but that. Yep, and you know it's it's really sad that, but people when when you get a taste of power, it's very hard to give that up. When you've been used mm-hmm. to having all the privilege and all the power, it's very hard to give it up. You know, it's very interesting when when Shaheen and I wrote Terrible Troubled Times, we got flack because we wrote two pages on what it means to be an ally. I want you to think about that for a second. Two pages on what it means to be an ally and what privilege means. And most of the negative reviews we got on that book were because how dare we write about something like that. Oh my God! Yeah. What is wrong with people? Jeez. I, 
Because, again, change is difficult. Change is scary. Um, and sometimes people take it very personally. They assume that you're saying something bad about them. And it's very hard to really check your privilege. It's very hard to say, oh, my God, you know, I, I've got to do better. I've got to get involved in the world. And we can't go on. We can't go back to the 50s. You know, it, that's very hard for some people. I feel compassion because it's scary. I get that. It is, yeah, for sure. It, well, and it I like questions. That. It questions a very comfortable reality that you exist in. So it's like it's like you exist in this comfortable place of privilege, and it, and it makes you like it's asking you to examine that thoroughly and come out of your comfort zone. So I understand why that causes anxiety. We got a long ways to go, but I think the next twenty years, um, you know, my generation. I'm like a Generation Xer. In 20 years, I'm probably going to be gone. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll be lucky. I'll be like my Aunt Angie. She's be sticking around for a long time. And by the way, my aunt has gotten much more involved in her 90s. So it can happen, people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, in in 20 years, our, our landscape here is going to look very, very different. So, And I look at my children, and my children are both in their 30s. They're millennials and they're friends. And my children were brought up with a lot of diversity, they're just super tolerant. They they really care about the earth and the environment, and they want to do what's right. So there's always going to be the few who really want to ruin it for everybody else. But I think most people, when you break it down, we all want to have a roof over our head. We want to have good food, access to health care, education. We want to feel safe in our communities. We want, you know, we all want pretty much the same thing. There's just a few rotten apples, though, that don't want others to have have the same things have that the they do. Thing. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we all really want the same thing. And I think that's the key is that the focus will shift towards humanity. Because what, what right. happened was people cared about whether their family was fed. Their family had they, a house. Their, their family had this. Yes. They didn't care if their neighbor had it. And that's what we need. We need yep. people to care that, yes, of course, I care about my family and I want to make sure my family is okay. But even if I don't know you, I also want your family to be okay. And that's what we need to get to. And, and I feel like that's the place that, that we're going. Let's, let's do this. So we, we usually do sure. as above, so below. Or as below, so as below. below. So we usually do as we below, We do a little so ritual above. at the end of our thing, but we don't. But what I was thinking was, instead of us kind of saying what we want to let go of or what, uh, why don't you tell us? What would be something good in the next year for people to want to bring in? What's a good thing to be bringing in in the new year? And what would be a good thing in the next year for people to focus on letting go of? I like that. That sounds good. Tell yeah. us, Teresa. What do we do? Well, I think because of the Capricorn energy, what we need to let go of is selfishness. Mm. That would be the big thing that I think everybody needs to let go of. And what do we need to bring in? Justice. Yeah. Yeah. We need to bring in justice. We need justice for all. We need justice. I think that's a good one. That's very true. Are there certain points of the month that you feel are best to do? For the year, you mean? Or, or of the year, yeah, which would be good to do some magical workings on those things? I'm always about the moon. I follow the moon very, very carefully. I think um, this year is a very tricky year astrologically for magic because we have uh, three Mercury retrogrades. We have Venus retrograde. We have Mars retrograde. So you're going to have to be very careful during those dates around doing magic. You mm -hmm. want to do all of your magic around those dates. Okay. I would not recommend doing any magic during the eclipses this year oh. uh, because eclipses can sometimes really mess things up. So look for the new moons to bring in good new energy, but please do not do it during any of those retrograde things. Please so, do not. So for the full moon, um, the full moon that we have an eclipse coming opinion. up, we have a full moon coming up with an eclipse on Friday. And I was telling people that they needed to make some changes and eclipses would be times to do it, but you're thinking maybe not. Yes. Oh, no, no, you can make change. Get rid okay. of stuff. That, that, it's in cancer, so it's a good day to declutter your house. Okay. It's a good day also to do maybe a burning ceremony to let go of family of origin crap. Mm. Uh, you know, um, if you got issues with your mom, that's a good day for forgiveness work. You know, those kinds of things. Also think about, again, cancer, Mother Earth. Uh, also, United States is cancer. We're born that's July true, 4th. July 4th, yeah. So, you know, on that particular eclipse... Even though, again, you want to be really careful with doing magic, but healing prayers for the country, healing prayers for, you know, rituals or whatever for, for Mother Earth. Think about things like that. That's awesome. I'm doing a burning ceremony that night. Nice. 
Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Teresa. Your book is amazing. Uh, we're going to post, you know, all your links, how people can find you and the different uh, resources you give for people to do their own charts. But like I said, I definitely recommend people also use your book as a resource. Because Astrology for real life. It's, it's so easy to digest. There's fantastic activities that make it really easy to understand and relatable. And I just, I can't thank you enough. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. We just want to remind everybody that we have a event coming up. We are actually celebrating with a party our one-year podcast anniversary. Uh, it is going to be at Raven's Wing in Portland. They are uh, very kindly allowing us to uh, have it at their event. It's going to be Sunday, January 19th. It's also going to be online. So if you can't yes. be in yeah. Portland, you can so join us gonna online. So we are going to be streaming via Instagram and via Facebook. So you can tune in. You can also watch the video later if you're in a different time zone. So we're going to be... Um, Broadcasting live. Yes, it'll via be video. Sunday. You get to meet the screaming goat in person. In person. Yes. Which is the only reason why anybody comes out anyway. <laughs> so it's going to be Sunday, January 19th from 2 to 5 at Raven's Wing in Portland. Uh, we're going to have a live, we're going to be live streaming, like they said. So you can, if you can't come in person, you can uh, watch it online. We're going to have an hour of uh, interview, normal podcast, and then the next hour we're actually going to have live audience questions. So we do encourage people to come out if you can. You can ask us questions. You can also email in your questions to us. Uh, we can we can read them, um, some of them on uh, during the podcast. And we're just going to have kind of a party and celebrate the fact that you guys have tolerated us for an for entire, an entire, year, entire year. And which is crazy. On our build-up to this to this very exciting event, we are doing a giveaway. Yes. So you'll see this tomorrow with all the details of what you need to do to enter the giveaway. But the giveaway will include Courtney's three books. Yes, the Brid- Bridget, the Morgan, and Tarot for One. This a screaming goat of your own. Yes, your own screaming goat. This way you can listen to us and every time we're obnoxious, you can press it yourself. <laughs> People are going to be just, they're not even going to hear it. We'll they're feel just it. press it the whole time. We'll feel it. We'll there feel it. There will be we'll a know. beautiful handcrafted candle. Yes. By my stepdad. Yes. By Kanani's stepdad. It's, we got some for the holidays, and they are amazing. There will be three spell cards. I know many of you have seen and ordered our spell cards, but it includes a signed card of us and a spell. One There'll from each of us. One from each yeah. of us. So one spell from each of us. There will be a That Witch Life sticker, and there will be... That Witch Life bumper stickers. Yes. So those will be available at that party and onward. So we will have those for you. And once they're listed, you can buy them as well. But they will be, you'll be the first one to get it if you get this giveaway. So stay tuned to our Instagram page. And if you're not following us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Follow us so on can, Instagram. You can enter the giveaway. You must be a follower of Instagram to win We must be the on Instagram to, to, to participate in this particular giveaway. What if? We'll, we'll be announcing that winner at the, at the party. At the party. You can hear us say your name. And if, you ha- if you're in town and you haven't been to Raven's Wing, it's awesome. So you'll, you'll be able to a, see us through the podcast, but also they have like so many amazing things that you yeah. can shop yeah. for. Check out our website for information. We also have it on Facebook. It'll be on Facebook, Instagram, all of it. So, And we're just really excited to be able to share this with everybody online and in person. So we can't wait to see you guys. Yeah. Blessed be. Blessed be. Join us on the first and third Mondays of the month for magical tools, tips, and stories about living as a witch in today's world. Find us at thatwitchlife.com for archived episodes or to ask your burning questions for us to answer in a future